And I want you to know that if you need deliverance, today is the day. You can leave this place free of anything. Don't leave this place bound by anything. God is here to deliver you. I said, God is here to deliver you. Amen. There's a sweet anointing in this house. I'm just so, I'm just full of expectation. I was here last night praying and I lifted my hands over every section. And I prayed that there would be an angels that would be coming into this place, that it would be ascending and descending. I prayed that God would put expectation in your heart as you begin to drive to the house of the Lord today, that you would begin to believe that you can leave this place healed and that you can leave this place set free and that you can leave this place delivered. I'm telling you in the name of the Lord, anything is possible today. Anything is possible because Jesus is here. Amen. Amen. God has so divinely orchestrated this service. Things that have already been confirmed and said from this pulpit. I believe that God is weaving this day together for there to just be a beautiful display of the power of God. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Psalms 127, chapter 127, verse number 4. And while you're turning there... I believe it's always right to give honor to whom honor is due. I give honor to Pastor and Sister Myers. Don't we love our pastor and pastor's wife? Amen. Amen. And of course, I give honor to Bishop and Dr. Myers. They are so amazing. I love Bishop and Dr. Myers. Aren't you thankful for Bishop and Dr. Myers today? To the Ritchie family, elder and senior, I love both of them so, so much. True blue, genuine Christians through and through, and I'm thankful for them. Amen. And it's always an honor to be in service with my wife, the greatest gift outside of the Holy Ghost God has ever given me. Amen. I love her today. Amen. Psalms 127, chapter 4. If you have it, shout amen. If you don't, say, hold up, preacher. The amens have it. The Bible says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach to us on this subject, weapons from heaven. Would you set your Bibles down now and would you lift your hands? And could we ask one more time that God would genuinely speak to us here today? Lord, you have equipped me with your word. You have burdened me with your word. I ask that you would speak to your people, to every person under the sound of my voice that has come. They have come with an expectation in their heart and a desire, God, for something miraculous to take place. I pray for there to be a great deliverance, great freedom. Let the seed of the word fall onto good ground in this place. Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work, God, from the left to the right, from the front to the back. And that before we leave here, God, we would know that there has been a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. I submit my will. I submit my motives. I submit everything that is me under your will right now, God. Speak through your vessel and speak to your people. Anoint me and use me for the glory of the kingdom. If you believe God is going to do a great work, would you now lift your voices and clap your hands unto the Lord? Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Please be seated in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Two weeks ago, Pastor Myers came to this pulpit and very emphatically and very prophetically began to preach about kings going to battle. I believe that now more than ever, everybody in this place has got to get in the fight. If I can, for just a moment, reiterate what he preached just for the sake of the foundation of what I feel God wants to do in this room today. It's time for everybody in this place to get in the fight. It was in the Exodus and their time of wondering that the Bible says that it was those that lived on the edges that Amalek devoured. It was the weak that were on the outskirts of it all that got devoured. Let me tell you something. If you're going to be doing what God wants you to do in this time, it's going to take a heart of commitment. It's going to take somebody that says, I'm going to get right in the middle of it. I'm going to fight. I'm going to pick up arms and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. This past week, I've been talking with friends, fellow ministers, people, and they have all concurred with this, that they feel that there is a line being drawn in the sand, that God is almost putting his finger in the sand, and he is drawing a line between those that are committed and those that are uncommitted. I feel that there is a divine shift in the supernatural, and I want to tell everybody that's here, it's time to get committed to the work of God. You've got to hear me now more than ever. It's time for you to pick up your sword. It's time for you to put on the whole armor of God. It's time for you to get in the middle of the fight. It's time for you to get more committed than you've ever been. It's time for you to be more sold out than you've ever been. It's time for you to have a more sure mind than you've ever had. Come on, it was James that said a double-minded man is unstable. We can't be tossed with the winds and the waves of the world. It's time for us to make up in our minds. This is what we are. This is who we are. And this is what we're going to do. We as the people of God, we understand that hell has some weapons. We understand that the Bible very emphatically declares, Peter said that there is a lion. He's the devil who is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. We understand that hell has certain weaponry. He has depression. He has darkness. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is the chiefest of all liars. He is the one that brings in confusion. He is the one that brings brings all of these things. But on the other side of that, heaven also has some weapons. And now is the time for the church of the Most High God to put on the whole armor of God. Now more than ever, when you wake up in the morning, you've got to put the helmet of salvation on. You've got to protect your mind from the things that are in the world. You've got to wake up every morning and protect your thought process. You've got to protect how you think. You've got to protect Come on somebody. Now more than ever, it's time for you to put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's time for you to protect your heart. You've got to protect what gets in your spirit. You've got to protect what gets... It's the heart that rules the man. You've got to protect yourself now more than ever. 
You've got to gird yourself with that belt of truth. You've got to hear me. You've got to have truth being what cinches you together. You've got to have truth being what holds you together. Because there are things in the world that are trying to make you cut every corner that you can cut. Trying to make you to cut everything. But I'm telling you today, it's time for us to put it all on. Get your mind covered. Get that heart protected. Get yourself covered in truth. We've got to put on. We've got to shod our feet with the gospel. We've got to be swift to share the gospel. You've got to be in Walmart. And you've got to feel the swiftness of the Holy Ghost begin to move. And you've got to spread the gospel. You've got to spread the good news. You've got to spread what God's doing for you. You've got to be in public. And you've got to be quick to share the gospel. Come on. We've got our feet shod with the gospel of peace. Everywhere I go, I'm going to talk Jesus. Everywhere I stand, I'm going to preach. It's time. It's time for us uh, to be swift uh, with the gospel. It's time for us to be quick uh, to share the gospel. You've got the peace. Uh, you've got the good news. Uh, you've got everything this world needs. We've got to take a hold of that sword, that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That Word of God that can divide asunder. That Word of God that can pierce down to the marrow of the matter. That Word of God that will tell you. You see, when you get the Word in your heart, you can begin to infiltrate things. You can begin to divide things that are trying to divide you. You can begin to cut things open that are trying to come at you. But we've got to sharpen ourselves. In the word of God. Now more than ever. We've got to understand. The word of the Lord. You got to grab a hold of that shield. That shield of faith. You better hear me. Every step that you take. You need that shield of faith in front of you. Because if you don't have faith in front of you. Fear will become you. If you don't have faith. Leading your way. When the darkness of the world. When the fear of the world comes against you. You better hear me. It's that shield of faith. That I hold on to. It's that shield of faith. That I tuck myself underneath. We need the whole armor of God. You need every piece of it. Protect your mind like you've never protected your mind. Protect your heart like you've never protected your heart. Protect yourself with truth like you've never protected yourself with truth. Get a hold of the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Know what the Scriptures say. Know how to divide the Word. Know how to look into the Scriptures. And let the Scriptures show you the path of righteousness. Let the Scriptures lead you on the truth. Let the Scriptures reveal everything that's going on. You grab a hold of that faith, that faith that cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. You see, it all comes back to the word of the Lord. It all comes back to somebody proclaiming the word of the Lord. You got to hold fast unto the faith, but faith comes from the preached word of God. You've got to open your ear now more than ever to the word of the Lord and say, preach to me, preacher. Declare righteousness. Declare holiness. Declare the word of the Lord. My faith is under attack. I need the word. I need the truth. I need it. We understand. 
we understand the beauty of the whole armor of God. But I feel like last week that God spoke to me in my morning devotion. I was sitting back in my chair in my office and I was talking to the Lord. God will talk to you in devotion. God will talk to you if you give him time to talk to you. God will direct you if you give him time to direct you. God will teach you. God will show you. God will give you spiritual insights. If you will open your ear. He who hath an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Lord began to talk to me. He said there are weapons from heaven. And I began to just inquire of the Lord, what are these weapons from heaven? And I felt that the Lord very quickly led me to the verse that I read to you today. You see, the weapons from heaven are this next generation rising up. David said that the young man, he said, it's like an arrow in the hand of a mighty man. There's something about a young man and a young lady. There's something about a college career age. There's something about a high schooler. There's something about somebody who's in middle school school that sells themselves out uh, to the work of God uh, that becomes a divine weapon uh, orchestrated from heaven uh, to pierce hell you see but for there to be a weapon you've got to have what makes a weapon and the only thing that can make a weapon is a smith You've got to have a smith. You've got to have somebody that can forward something. You've got to have somebody that can make something. You've got to have somebody that understands how to make a weapon into a weapon. It is in First Samuel chapter 3. The Bible says that the word of the Lord was precious in those days because the, the, the vision, it wasn't broke out. The vision, it wasn't open. There, there wasn't this open vision for people to understand. And if you fast forward 10 chapters, when there wasn't a word that, that, that was going forth, then there was no smith. Because the progression is, when you fetter the word, you fetter those that can yield the word. And so there was this time where there was no carrier of the word of God. The word of the Lord was precious. God never intended for his word to be rare. God intended for his word to be something that was spoken on a regular basis. When they came over that, 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 that river Jordan after the exodus, the Bible said, now you've got to sit your kids down and you've got to tell them, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy heart. See, and he said, you've got to bind it as a frontlet. That means it's got to be all you you see. You begin to filter everything through the word. You begin to filter life through the word because it's in front of your eyes. When you're walking through the day, you see fear through the word and you understand fear is just a tactic. We've got to get the word. God never intended for his word to become rare. He never intended for his word to become a precious. He wanted his word spoken from the mountaintops. He wanted his word declared. He wanted his word preached. You see, it was in the days after the apostolic movement started in the, in the upper room. It was the Roman Catholic Church that began to downplay the word. They began to say the word is too precious for the common man. You just let me interpret it for you and I'll tell you what to believe. That 
that was never God's intention for the church. So it was Johannes Gutenberg who created the, the printing press. And the very first book on that press was the Bible. Because he understood this word is for whoever can open the script. This word is for whoever can... The word was never meant to be rare. It was for the common man. It was for the oh, it's for the wealthy. It's for it's for everybody. You've got to have the word. It's that word. It's that word David said, I hid it in my heart. It's that word that David said, I'll never depart from it. It's the word that'll show a young man how to cleanse his path and stay on the path of purity. It's the word. Never intended for the word to be rare. The word was supposed to be preached from the mountaintops. The word was supposed to be declared. And it was after Johannes Gutenberg, after he created the printing press, that this Protestant movement started just breaking out. People started opening the Bible. And they started saying, what they're telling us is a lie. It's not three gods. There's one Lord. And His name is Jesus. You can call Him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You can call Him Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah El Shaddai. But when you want to sum it all up, and you want power over every devil, you want power over every sickness, I shall call Him Jesus, Emmanuel God, with us. There's always been an attack against the word, Bishop. There's always been an attack against the word. It was Luther himself who tried to get the book of James removed from the word of God. Because the book of James says that you can't confess and believe and be saved. The book of James says faith is by works. If you don't have works, your faith is dead. You've got to have the works. When I lay my hands on you, it's not by might and it's not by power. But because I've got God living on the inside, you're going to be healed. You're going to be set free. It's the word of God. And you notice... When there was nobody that could preach the word, there became a shortage of the smith. There was no smiths. There was nobody that could yield the, the, these unruly metals. These metals that could not quickly be turned into something that was effective. I find it very uncoincidental that Johannes Gutenberg was also a smith. He was a smith because there's like there's this divine connection between a smith and those that can preach the word and those that can yield the word. And there's this connection that I've begun to see when there's no word, there's no smith. But when there's a smith, there's a word. Because when you put the word in the hand of a smith, he'll take a metal that is not easily molded, that is not easily shaped, that is not easily turned into something, and he'll put it in the fire, and he'll take it out, and he'll work on it, and he'll work on it, and he'll put it in the fire, and he'll take it out, and he'll work on it, and he'll... 
I was that unruly member. But thanks be to God, I had a smith that said, you must be baptized. And that smith started working on me. He started beating down him. You got to have a smith. You got to have a smith. You need a smith to work on those unruly parts of your life. You need a man of God that can look you in the eye. You need a pastor that will look at you and say, let me show you how you're going to be saved. Let me work on those uneven and difficult places. Because when you yield yourself to the smith, you yield yourself to a workability that you did not have before. And you see, the Bible says that when there wasn't a smith, they went down to the Philistines to get their edge. To get their sharpness. Because if you don't yield yourself to the smiths in Israel, you're going to yield yourself to something. You're going to get an edge somewhere. You're going to get a point somewhere. You got to hear me today. You don't get your edge from NBC, CBS, Fox News. You don't get your edge. Come on, somebody. We got too many people getting their edge from the world. We've got too many people getting their edge from the voices of the world. No, 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 no. Work on me, Smith. Take the hammer of the Word of God. Put me in the kiln. Work on my flesh. Work on... You gotta have a smith. And you see, it was that arrow that when you put it in the hand of a smith, he could turn it into something. He could take that metal. He could take that thing that to the natural eye, they would never see anything good ever coming from it. That was such for some of us. But God... I was that unruly member and nobody saw anything good coming from Dylan. But then a smith got a hold of me. And that smith took the hammer of the word and he took the kiln of the move of God and he started working on me. And after every blow, I got a little more workable. After every heat treatment, I got a... Because we've got to become weapons from heaven. We've got to become offensive. After the first service, Pastor Myers came up to me and said, we got to change our posture. He said, we're too defensive. We're on the defense in this season. We're doing the wrong. No, 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 no. God's church is not meant to be defensive. No. You're meant to be on the cutting edge. You're meant to hear from the word of God. And the word of God tells you before oh, God. You see, I'm working on a spirit right now. Some folks listening to the wrong smith. You're going to the enemy's camp to get your edge. And that's why you're swallowed up in fear. That's why you're swallowed up in things. You're not meant to be swallowed up. Let the smith take the hammer of the word. Work on me, preacher. Work on me, pastor. Make me something useful. There's some folks in this place, uh, you will leave here delivered uh, from the voices of the Philistines. Uh, you're going to walk. The whole time Goliath was preaching, everybody believed it. Everybody believed we can't defeat Goliath because there will be a voice from Philistines. They will tell you they're going to kill you. You'll never be nothing. You'll never amount to anything. But there's always going to be a David. 
There's always going to be a weapon from heaven that'll come off the backside of a mountain, tending sheep, killing lions and bears. Nobody ever knew him, knew nothing about him. But there was a young man that said, I'm not afraid because I don't get my edge from the voice of the world. I get my edge from God. As the arrow in the hand of a mighty man. So is a young person. When you allow yourself to be worked on. You see God spoke to me. He said this next generation is my weapon against hell. He said this generation of millennials. This Gen Z. This end of times generation. They're going to be the weapons that I call forth. And I will stretch them back in the bow of the mighty man of God. And I will launch them as an arrow of deliverance back at the face of hell. See, if you look at Second Kings, I believe chapter 13, you will find Elisha on his deathbed. And a king came to him. And this king came to him quoting, listen, what Elisha quoted to Elijah on his way up. My father, my father, the chariot and the horsemen thereof. And there was something that rose up in Elisha in that moment. He heard the voice of the next generation. He heard the voice of the future of the kingdom. Oh, God, help me. He heard the voice of what was coming up behind him. He heard the voice quoting what he quoted, doing what he did. And he couldn't go on to his grave until something was imparted. Come up here, Gregory, help me. I'll tell you what the prophet did. He said, King, I need you to get a bow. And I need you to get some arrows. You got to hear me today. And he took that arrow and he directed it eastward toward Apec. You see, Apec is a very specific place for, for this time that they were in because Apec was the first place that they lost to the Syrian army in that time. You got to hear that. That first place you never thought you would see victory again. That place where you lost and you never thought you would see the blood of Christ get to it again. That place where you thought you would never see a swift victory ever again in your life, in your family, in your situations. That's where the arrow of deliverance is headed first. You got to hear me in the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to somebody right now. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. You lost a long time ago. And you thought you would never get it back. And condemnation and guilt and the works of the enemy has dulled your edge into thinking you'll never be usable again. But you've got to hear the word of the Lord. Deliverance is coming. I need you to lift your hands right now. And I need you to call upon the name of the Lord. I'm here right now. I'm preaching to the next generation for just a moment. You're more important than you think you are. You're more effective than you think you are. And the puke of this world wants to double your edge. It wants you to sell out early. Hear me in the name of the Lord. I'm standing in the gap for you today. You will not. You shall not be told by the world. God needs you. This kingdom needs you.
You are a weapon from heaven, young man. You are a weapon from heaven, young lady. You are a weapon that God is going to use to pierce the darkness of this world. And so, that king, that king took a hold of the bow. You want to get into bow hunting, right? Greg and I have been talking about bow hunting. I love to bow hunt. It's one of my most fun hobbies. You see, you draw back with the strong hand, right? Your right hand is where you get your strength, so that's where you draw. But the weaker hand is meant to guide the pin, so you're accurate on your target. The left hand is the weaker hand. So you have to have your hand like this, so you can direct and hold the bow. But it's the strong hand that pulls it back. But the weaker hand is the more important hand, because the weaker hand is what directs the arrow. The weaker hand is what tells the arrow where to go. The weaker hand is what tells the arrow, this is your target. This is where I need you to go. This is where I need you to be your most forceful at. And so you watch what that king did. He held the bow, hold the bow. And then the prophet came up behind him. Help me, Brother Myers. And he put his hands on his hands. You got to hear this because he understood this arrow has to be launched at a specific this arrow it's important this arrow has to go to the right place at the right time because deliverance is coming deliverance is coming and the direction that the arrow is going it matters it matters where your kids go it matters the direction this generation is heading stand in the gap The Lord spoke to me last night. He said the prophet represents the pastor. Pastor Myers preached two weeks ago. He said you are kings. Men, you are called to be the priest of your home. That's what the Bible says. You're the priest of your home. The priest, it represents the king. And the arrow represents that most important next generation. And you better hear me. Oh God, help me right now. You better let the hand of the smith work on you, daddy, mama, because the direction that this next generation is going, it matters. The kingdom needs them. They are called for such a time as this. They are destined for a purpose. They are destined, and it matters where they go. It matters what they do. It matters. It matters. It matters. It matters. directed that hand and he launched that arrow and he said that's where deliverance is going this next generation is more important than they've ever been would you lift your hands right now
mamas, war for those babies. Daddy, war for those babies. This generation needs every parent here to get an anointing, to get a boldness. We matter in the direction we're going is counting on you. God's working on some hearts right now. God's working on some people right now. Stand with me all across the house. I want everybody to listen to me for just a second. It's no wonder, ma'am, thank you. It's no wonder, it's no wonder that this next generation is being fought like they're being fought. It's no wonder this generation is the target of so much that they, I'm telling you, I look in their eyes. I've spent time on the phone with them. I've heard them talking to me. I've heard them telling me their fights and their worries and their struggles. You better hear me. This next generation is more important than it's ever been. And I'm calling on every mama and I'm calling on every daddy. And you better hear me, young man. And you better hear me, young lady. I'm calling on you too because God needs you. You better sell out today if you haven't been sold out. You better get in the fight today if you haven't been in the fight. You better make a commitment today and you better stick with it. It's time for you to give it all. It's time for you to get it everything. The kingdom needs you for such a time as this. Every backslider that's here right now, every person that's here that has left the church, and you're in the house of God today and you think it's by coincidence. You think you were drug here. You weren't drug here. God needs you. The kingdom of heaven needs you. You are needed for such a time as this. Every guest and every visitor that's here that think you're just here because you got an invite or it was the closest place to come to church on Sunday. That's not why you're here. You're here because the kingdom of heaven needs you for such a time as this. You're here because there's a war happening in the supernatural. And we need every man. We need every woman. We need every boy. We need every girl. We need every middle age. We need every elder. We need everybody in this fight. I want every mama and I want every daddy. I want you to get with your kids right now. And if your parents aren't here, find an elder to adopt you today. I need you to move right now. I want every young married couple to find somebody that's older than you. And I want you to link up with them. Come on. This altar's open. I want you to grab somebody. And I want you to come to this altar right now. If your parents aren't here, you find a parent to get with. If your elder isn't here, you find an elder to get with. 
There's some arrows that are going to be launched. There's some callings that are going to be launched. There's some ministries that are going to be launched. Daddy, it's time for you to get in this like you've never got in this. Mama, it's time for you to get in this like you've never got in this. We've got to have you. We need you. Come on, Daddy, get a hold of those babies and show them it's okay for men to cry. It's okay for men to travail. Mama, get a hold of those babies and show them it's okay to weep. It's okay to be broken. There's a divine anointing in this house. I need you to weep. I need you to travail. There's a war happening. And this generation must be launched as a weapon. If you're in this place and you don't have a parent, you don't have somebody that's praying over you, come to this altar. I'll pray with you. I'll war with you. If you don't have somebody to link up with, if you can't find an elder, I'll find an elder for you. But I need everybody from the back. I need everybody from the middle. I need everybody in this place. You've got to link up with the generation ahead of you or behind you. Because there's a calling. There's a divine calling. There's a divine calling. There's a divine calling. There's a divine calling. on young man don't come up here and be quiet this is where you learn how to travail this is where you learn how to pray mamas if you're stoic they're gonna be stoic daddies if you're stoic they're gonna be stoic we've got to show them how to war in the spirit we've got to show them how to travail Come on, sons and daughters. You've got to leave here prophesying. Come on, old men. You've got to leave here dreaming dreams. Come on, young men. You've got to leave here with visions. We're leaving here with a divine appointment. We're leaving here with a calling. We're leaving here with a gifting.
Come on. Come on. Weep until something breaks. Come on, travail over them until you see them break underneath the anointing of the Holy Ghost. This isn't just another altar call. This is a divine appointment from heaven. some dreamers I need some dreamers to get a hold of some sons and daughters right now come on we need what Peter said when he quoted the prophet Joel sons and daughters are going to prophesy young men are going to have visions and old men are going to dream dreams I need some elders with the wisdom that God has given you to ignite a vision in some young men I need some young men to ignite a prophecy over these sons and daughters so they will leave this place prophesying speaking Come on, I rebuke the condemnation that is coming against the minds of some people. I feel it in the Holy Ghost right now. There are some daddies and some mamas that are having a hard time breaking through because you feel like you've sinned in your past and God is putting that judgment on your kids. You hear me in the Holy Ghost. If you will let God take it right now, it'll go under the blood. Let it get under the blood. Let the blood wash it. Let the blood cleanse it. I rebuke condemnation off of your mind, off of your family, by the power of the word of God and by the authority that's in the name of Jesus be loose from condemnation
I feel of the Holy Ghost that this generation has been a target too long. God did not create this generation to be a target. He created you to be arrows. And God is shifting our mentality that I'm no longer going to be a punching bag of the enemy. I'm no longer going to let the devil destroy me with low self-esteem and condemnation. But I take up the shield of faith and I declare today that I will be a weapon in the hand of God. I'm calling on this church. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice and say, I will be used of God as a vessel of honor, as an instrument of praise. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. Begin to pray from deep down in your spirit. I submit to the process. Let the word of God hammer out every rough edge. I get up on the anvil. I put my life in that potter's wheel. Mold me and shape me in the name of Jesus. Woo! Glory be to God. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. There's a song we sing about. We're going to speak Jesus in every situation. We're going to speak Jesus on the streets. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe they can sing it right now. I feel like declaring the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, I see Holly and Zach back there with that little baby. I believe in the name of Jesus, God's going to raise up this next generation. Come on, He's going to strengthen our weaker hand. (laughs) Oh, yes. If you're not going to be defined by your mistakes any longer. You're going to take that strong hand and you're going to pull back and you're going to say, I'm going to bless the Lord anyhow. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Come on, go on the offense. Oh, my God. 
more beautiful to heaven than your voice use your voice right now I speak Jesus use your voice I speak Jesus Jesus 
the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Speak Jesus. Jesus. Speak Jesus. Jesus. The name of Jesus is a weapon in the hand of a mighty man. Speak Jesus. Lord, I pray a special blessing upon every family of East Wind. I pray a double portion of anointing upon this next generation. I pray for a covering in the Holy Ghost. I pray that no weapon formed against your people will prosper. I pray that your people, your family, sons and daughters in the gospel, will pick up the weapons that you have created for us to be victorious in this day and age, to be prayer warriors, to be soul winners, to be worshipers when we're tired and weary in our body, to declare the name of Jesus in the marketplace, in the schoolhouse, in the street. Oh, in every situation, I pray for strength for your people, God. I come against the spirit of infirmity. I come against the spirit of fear. And I declare the name of Jesus over every mind, every heart, every spirit, every man and woman that have come under the banner of your name today. We declare the name of Jesus. Let God be true and every man a liar. Come on, would you hug your brother or sister right now and say, I speak Jesus over your life. Just tell him, I speak Jesus over you. God's going to use you for such a time as this. Come on, you were made for this moment. God's got his hand upon you. Amen. God bless you. We love you. The Lord loves you. Don't forget tonight, 6.30 p.m. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.